Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Well, you know, the important thing about what you said is that no laws have to be passed. You don't need congressional approval, presidential approval, state legislature approval, governor's approval. This is the right of anyone who is asked to serve on a jury. They do have the right to make their decisions independent of whatever the judge tells them or anyone else for that matter. So no legislative action is necessary. So getting the word out is obviously extremely important. You know, when you saw, you talked about the mother who was standing in front of the courthouse, that's really kind of an interesting issue. She did have, obviously, freedom of speech. Uh, there, was, there should never have been any question about that. She was handing it about to everybody, so it wasn't as if she was picking out who was in the jury and who wasn't. But you know the real reason is, as you already said, if something like that became <clears throat> newsworthy and it was in all the papers, it raises the awareness of ju- jury nullification as a tool to fight uh, tyrannical government. So, And, I, and actually, Dr. I, 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 Dan, I do believe it is the last tool that we have before things really turn, and this is never to be taken as a threat, it's just an observation, before things turn really ugly, because... You know, gun grabbers as, as just one group, you know, they, they, they're relentless. They're constantly, constantly, constantly pushing whatever they can get away with, you know. It's going to come to a point where, and we're fast approaching it, I believe, you know, I believe, like I said, both parties are in cahoots as far as the control. The, they, they feel they have a, a, an elite political class that is smarter, better. And I look at, you know, a $19 trillion national debt, and I, and I say to myself, smarter? You guys, you think you're doing a good job? I have to balance my checkbook, as I'm sure you do. It's like they don't care because it's not their money, you know, apparently. So they can just spend it and give it away to foreign countries. America is the most generous country, I believe, that has ever been on the face of the earth. You know, and anytime you see a, a disaster anywhere in the world, not, regardless of what the government, Americans, you know, will give donations and send money and help and aid, whatever it is that is needed. That's just the way we are. Our country has been blessed. I believe, by God, and it is fruitful in so many areas. And Americans are, are like that. You don't hear that from any of our politicians nowadays, whether it's Democrat or Republican. You know, I mean, it's it's either we have to be uh, sorry for being white or, or you know, uh, you know who's privileged. No, 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 we're all Americans, you know. I mean, it's the hyphenated Americans. I'm an American of Italian descent. That's it, okay? 
So in order to bridge the divide, you have to have some some possibility of common ground. And, and I don't think that we've that there is in most of the things that we're looking at. There is no common ground between socialism and free market capitalism. There's no common ground between between the right to keep and bear arms and the confiscation of all guns. There is nothing in the in the middle. Uh, a lot of the of the proposals, for instance, involving the Second Amendment, uh, in, involve registration, and we all know that uh, in before World War II, the Weimar Republic, there was universal gun registration when the nazis took power they had a list of who had the guns they decided who they wanted to take them from and so the guns were taken they already had the list they had the addresses they knew where to go so that's one of our problems today in this country is that is that the the opinions have reached that enormous great divide it seems very difficult uh, in any way to bridge that gap. But nevertheless, to come back to uh, jury nullification, which I agree with you, Bear. I agree with you that it is a tool that we can use potentially to right some of the wrongs that are happening uh, in our country. And so can we talk for a minute about what kind of cases do you think are justified? I mean, obviously... If you have a grand, you have some guy steals from another guy, he's caught red-handed selling the goods, there's nothing, no jury, jury nullifications really involved there. I mean, that, but there are cases that do, uh, that are about principles more than just common facts. What kind of things would you look for if you were looking to institute jury nullification? What would you look for? All right, I'll give you an example. Uh, Obamacare, when it came out, I do not believe that it is in the Constitution that they have, the government has the right to tell me that I have to buy something. Never heard of that before. I don't even, I've never even seen a Chief Justice rewrite the law on the bench so that it was, it, that it could be considered a tax instead of a penalty. So I do not have insurance. I have not, I've gotten so far bills, I think it's up to about $395 in penalties for not having insurance. Now, I've looked up the bill, and in it, the only way that they can collect the money from me is through any tax return that I might get from the government. In other words, they can't go after me any other way. Why they left that in the law, I, I mean, to me, I, I don't know. It doesn't, you know, if they were really out to, to, to do a number on me, you wouldn't leave me a, lo a loophole like that. I mean, how smart do you have to be to tell your accountant, hey, look, just make sure when I do my taxes, I don't ever get a refund. In that case... I can let it go on and on and on. But uh, my original thinking was on it until I realized that they couldn't take it only by, you know, taking a rebate that I got from the government uh, tax back, was that, okay, I'm not going to pay my taxes. Now, tax evasion is a criminal offense. That would mean I'd have to go to a jury trial. I, I would ask. They, they would try to get me to plead the bargain down. But no, no, I'll take my chances with the jury. As long as, and in, in that instance, when I went to court, one juror would have to realize, hey, you know what? The government doesn't have the right to tell you you have to buy something. And so the law isn't changed. The Constitution hasn't been changed to say, oh, yes, well, in, in this instance, the government does have that right. Just like there's nowhere in the Constitution where it says, the, you know, shall not be infringed has been changed. It's still in the original wording the way it has been for any number of years. There's a process that, that uh, the, you know, if you wanted to change the Constitution... 
but we both know that's a long process. It takes like about 10 years. I think the last time I remember them doing it was the Equal Rights Amendment, where it basically took almost 10 years, and then they had a cutoff time. And if they didn't you know, decide one way or the other by the end of 10 years, then it was dropped. And it's a fact it was dropped, you know. So um, I, my, my intent was, like, well, I'm not going to pay it, so I'll go to a jury trial. And, you know, it's, the judge can't tell you about it. The prosecutors, your lawyer, nobody can bring that up. But I don't see if I'm if I'm representing myself, which oh yes, everybody says oh you gotta if you do that you got a fool for representative. No, if I have a chance to talk to twelve people who are my peers and explain to them in an earnest, sincere, and easy to understand format of jury notification, and no, they do not have the right to to make me buy something, you know, then I should be able to be able to say that too. A jury. I'm providing for my own defense. You, are you going to try to hamstring me as to how I can, de- you know, defend myself? Again, another red flag goes up. That's not how it works, guys. You know, I mean, so that would be one instance in, in how it would work. Now, you know, when you have a, a, an open and closed an open and closed case against somebody, as far as like, you know, whether it's robbing or stealing or drug dealing or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Then I would expect jurors to use, you know, common sense, listen to the evidence that's presented, but still. Go back to the Constitution and make sure that what they're saying, the law is being applied fairly, or that it is a fair law, or that in fact it's even constitutional. You know, I, I, I you know, I've heard and read where people, oh, everything's going to fall apart if you do that. Well, no, no, I don't think so because I have more faith in the American people. I mean, the people that I see around me, as I'm sure you do around you, day to day life and stuff. I have white friends, black friends. If I see somebody, it doesn't make, I don't feel any animosity toward them and everything. That that has no bearing on it. I treat you the way you treat me, or how I would like to be treated, until you prove otherwise to me, and then all bets are off, you know. I'll deal with you at that time. But to start out with, you know, I mean, I firmly believe, Dr. Dan, that there is nobody, and I mean nobody in this world, who is better than I am. Now, that sounds kind of brash, but by the same token, just as frequently, I also believe that I am no better than anybody else. So, you know, we all have our say. We all are supposed to use our heads in matters and using common sense. And that's just something that we've gotten away from. And I think certain political factions are trying to push, uh, you know, different, you know, their agendas and stuff. Uh, But, you know, it's up for the American people. It's time for us to step up. And, and, you know, I mean, I hear the people, oh, you can have my gun when you, you know, take it from my cold dead hand. Well, I don't want to be cold dead hands. I just leave me alone is basically what, just follow the Constitution, you know. And, you know, and I've, I've... To the point where enough is enough. I, I don't want to see that. I want to see people realize that we can change the system by working within the system. Because then you can't call me a right-wing fanatic, a Tea Party member, or something as if that's a, you know, a... Uh, you know, a, a terrible thing to be called. I'm proud of being called a Tea Party member because I think about what the founding fathers who did the original Tea Party, what they did and how they stood up for what they believed in. No, I, I agree 100% with them, you know. They stood up for their convictions, and, and that's what we have to do now. They gave us this country. We, I've loved, lived a, 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 I consider a very blessed life as far as growing up in this country and, and the, the things that have come to me. Uh, you know, what I have achieved in life and stuff, I'm not bragging, I'm just saying, I wouldn't be less to be able to do these things. And so I want to see that continue on for further generations. A $19, $20 trillion debt left to our children and grandchildren is inconstable to me. Why? Because you want to do some feel-good project? 
No, no. I mean, it's, a lot of those things are never even intended to be in the Constitution. We've let them get away so long that people just accept it. A prime example would be Obama with his executive action. They would never had to, they never carried the full weight of the law. If they did, why even have a Congress then? They're as good as they come. It's time now to honor the Prep Athlete of the Week. Brought to you by Ware Chevrolet in Blairsville. Supporting the champions of tomorrow from the five-county area. Nobody loves toughness like Ware Chevrolet. The Ware Chevrolet Athlete of the Week is Russell Cox, starting fullback for Towns County High School. Starting at the QB position last year, Coach John Cornett says Cox is an elite runner. The best thing he could do for our team is to play fullback. Just with our offense, we give the fullback the ball a lot. And I've seen the way he runs, and I want him to run the ball. I think more importantly, just his unselfishness to take the fullback spot, you know, when wanting to play quarterback says a lot about it. Cox will be a key player in the end. Indians offense this year. Congratulations to Russell Cox, the Wear Chevrolet Athlete of the Week. The Prep Athlete of the Week, brought to you by Wear Chevrolet in Blairsville, supporting the champions of tomorrow from the five county area. Well, you know, that that's really a good, another thing that you could use jury nullification on, on some of those executive actions. If it led to any kind of a legal issue or where you ended up in court, theoretically, uh, a jury member could, without saying so, obviously, he could find in your defense or in favor of, of your acquittal based on the fact that the law was not legally generated uh, in the way that the Constitution specifies. So you've given me some really good examples of, of how you would use or how you would justify the use of jury nullification. And I would say that uh, obviously in watching those instructional videos, which are on YouTube, uh, one of the prime things you must do is you must not or must not do, I should say, is you don't stand up and say, I know all about jury nullification and that's what I'm going to do because you won't end up on the jury. Uh, so you can't do that. You have to keep your mouth shut about it. But you also, when you make those decisions, uh, when you reach your verdict, you can't say that I'm reaching it because I believe in jury nullification. So all everything that you do has to be done without saying the words jury nullification. So in other words, yeah. you perform the act of jury nullification without announcing it. And the other thing is you are not required by anyone, not the judge or, or the press or the media or the lawyers or anyone. You are not required to say, I voted this way because there is no requirement that you do that. You cannot get in any trouble for doing it. They might try to bully you. They might try to hook with you. And that second video, the shorter one, that's 15 minutes long. He explains that whole thing about not bragging about it or, you know, throwing it up in anybody's faces. But he says, you know, if the judge tries to intimidate you, you know, I mean, that it's not right. You do not have to stand for it. You, you cannot be held, you know, it's supposed to be done, uh, deliberated in secret, and it's a jury period it's decided on, and then when they come up with their verdict, that's it. You know, I mean, there's no recourse that they can, like I said, try to retry you, uh, you know, and then I guess somehow they finagle it so that they can. But, again, if the government saw that in the case of, say, the Second Amendment, that people were constantly violating this law, getting arrested, not causing problems or anything, just carrying a gun when they supposedly were not allowed to, 
if you had a whole bunch of these cases coming into the court system, you would obviously flood the court system. The government would have to realize in short order that, hey, look, we can't keep arresting these people because they're going to trial, you know, and then when they go to trial, we're losing it at trial. So it's costing us money, and we're losing money, basically making the law unenforceable, just like you said with the, the, uh, the Underground Railroad, you know, that type of thing. You know, the people just didn't convict on it. You know, the, one of the important things, and, and, and this is, this is really Bear, this is, uh, and I'm talking with Bear Marucci here, uh, about jury nullification, um, an incredible idea, an incredible presentation, uh, and again, Bear, we, we really appreciate having you on Freedom Forum Radio about this subject. We haven't discussed it enough. Um, but the important thing, uh, about jury nullification is in, if you read the Declaration of Independence, one of the grievances, uh, of the colonists was, is that King George removed their right to a jury trial. Uh, they had the generals and the British governors, and, and he gave them the right to try the citizens uh, the, of the colonies, the colonists. And that was one of their major uh, grievances was the fact that the jury trial, which was a right of British citizens uh, for, for centuries, it was a right of, Brit- uh, of British citizens. King George took that away. It was one of the grievances uh, against him. So here we are talking now again about using the jury trial system to right some of the usurpations of power that have occurred in Washington, D.C. It's a way of trying to get the power of the people back so that we can right these wrongs. So, Bear Marucci, you have discussed with us one of the most important things that we should take to heart. And I certainly hope that many of us who are listening to this program and in the posts that we will send out will understand and spread the word that jury nullification is probably one of the most effective tools that we have left to stop a federal government from usurping power. Bear Marucci, it has been a pleasure and a very big honor to have you as a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. Well, Dr. Dan, I just want to say thank you for having me. I certainly appreciate this is the first menu that I've had to be able to try to get my my message, my findings out, and I certainly appreciate it. I, just, I hope God blesses, continues to bless you and your programs and, and your what you the work that you do, and that He would also bless the people of this country with realizing and waking up to what we have at our disposal right now, if we only took the time to learn it. And it's not that hard to learn. So I thank you. And thank you, Bear, and God bless you too and your family. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Call me railroad steel. Call me the mojo man. And call him Muddy Water.
just love to hear that old man sing. Yeah, when I played the hoochie coochie man, I get joy in everything. Everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Real estate for real life on 95.1 FM is your insider source. Less than 10% of them actually sell as a for sale by owner. Bill and Cindy Daves navigate you through the do's and don'ts of real estate. What about having that strange person, that potential buyer, into your home? Well, hopefully they're not a strange person. Hopefully they're just a Well, Real estate for real life, presented by Team Daves, Remax Town & Country, every weekend on the Talk of the Mountains, 95.1 WJRB.